Michelle Weidenbetter, your chief hope builder here at Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. If you haven't found our private Facebook group, I invite you to go to Facebook and type in groups and then Moms Letting Go with no spaces and come on in. We'll hold your hand. We'll give you support. We'll pray with you and be what you need to love your child well through this addiction crisis in your life. Um, If you listen to the podcast and you feel inclined to leave a review, I would be ecstatic because that's how others find us. And if you are somebody who is on the hunt for some instant understanding of your child's addiction um, and want to learn everything that you can, you can go to momsletting.go.teachable.com and I have three courses currently there, Understanding Addiction, How to Control Your Obsessive Thoughts because we all think our children are going to die of an, in an overdose um, and it's paralyzing, I understand. I also, the latest one is an 11-step um, video series of what moms can do, right? And each video is just two to two to three minutes long. It's very short. Um, you can get through that pretty quickly. So I'm also looking for a power team. If you're a mom of an addicted loved one who is maybe even in recovery and you have been in recovery long enough that now you want to do something to give back and help other moms, I have just recently become an unhackable coach and I'm looking for other moms who want to become unhackable moms of addicts. I will call us the unhackable hope builders. So um, reach out to me if that's something that is of interest to you. And um, God bless on your journey. I look forward to serving you here. Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your hope, your chief hope builder. And today I have Rebecca Dawson with us. And I met Rebecca because I was looking for a therapist, a counselor who could help me, um, who could just sit there and nod and smile and pray with me because I just needed to purge a lot of of feelings. And um, I I instantly love Rebecca and I, I know you will too. Three objection, objectives in Rebecca's daily life are faith, healing, and helping other women. She owns a faith-based counseling service called Simply Becoming, geared specifically for adolescent and adult women, which cracks me up because she has three boys. So it must be how she taps into her girl power. Absolutely. <laughs> Simply Becoming is really her heart more than anything. She helps women work through fear and anxiety, as well as helping them to realize and accept who they are. Sometimes she helps women work through difficult places in their life, and sometimes she just helps them on their journey to becoming who they are. Um, And one more thing. She, oh, and this is what we're going to talk about today. She prefers to be honest with women she works with, of course, but she admits she cannot heal them, but she'll work with them on finding their joy journey as they work toward intentional healing. It's her belief if people get help for a broken bone, why should they not also get help for a broken heart? She also has a prayer team for both her and her clients as they go through their journey. Please help me welcome Rebecca Dawson. Yay! Thank you. Oh, I just feel so blessed to have you here. And um, thank you for giving us time. So I know you said you wanted to start with a prayer. And one one of the things I love about working with you are your prayers and how you're so spontaneous and yet so focused when you pray. So thank you for sharing one with us today. I would love to. Thank you. Father God, we just ask for your heart today. Um, I ask for your heart today for Michelle and I, as we share, Lord, that we would um, cultivate, that you would cultivate um, a culture of truth, God of healing, 
God, I pray for the women who will hear this message. I ask for your heart for them, Lord. I pray that they come unashamed, God, that they might just hear nuggets of your truth, like little gold nuggets, like little pieces of gold. They can just pick up and carry along with them and take it on their life's journey. Lord, I pray that you help them not to be afraid. God, even with everything going on in the world, I pray that they learn to um, know you as, as a friend, as Abba, Father, someone they can turn to um, as a good shepherd. And Lord, even if they don't, on their behalf, I'm just going to come to you and God, I want to pray that you just kind of take cares today, that you kind of take the basket of cares off all of us, Lord, that we can come clean before you and just say, Lord, we're here, we're casting cares to you so that you can um, give your message, Lord, that you give, Michelle and I discernment says we discern together, that you give the directive and we might follow you and proclaim your truth to give it to those who hear. Lord, I thank you so much for Michelle. We bless her mighty ministry and I thank you for it. Lord, I ask that you make this a sweet smelling aroma unto you and a time of filling up cups for all those who need it. May it be your cup, that you're, their cups that you fill up with you, Lord, all to your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Beautiful. As usual, beautiful. So I was sharing um, with the group earlier about how important it is for moms of addicted loved ones in their healing to have a therapist that they can really open up to, that they trust, um, and preferably one they can pray with. So, and, and I am in a space where I say I coach them, right? And it's very different than a therapist. So, um, the, the coach, the coach kind of helps them look forward um, and, and helps them plan their future goals. Um, and I'm all about recovering and finding their joy journey. But sometimes so many of us get stuck on the trauma and the things in our early childhood or our early lives that we need a therapist to help us get through. So I just wanted to clarify that little bit of difference there between um, a coach and a therapist. So, um, so what, what made you choose this profession though? Well, back in high school, I actually knew I always wanted to help people. So helping was what started it. And then probably the last, I would say the last three, two or three years, it really became more of wanting to serve others and helping them become who they were created to be. Like that is where I started to get super excited. Like let's help others. I want to serve them, but I want to help people walk into who they are created naturally to become. Like there was something in that for me that was so exciting and so, so much joy for me. Well, you, you and I share that same like passion, right? Because especially for moms of addicted loved ones, we get so stuck on, um, you know, trying to control or fix our child. And even when we're not, we're worrying, we're obsessed. And what happens is it just blocks who God created us to be. It blocks us from serving in our giftedness. And we almost lose, lose who we are. Like, how we're gifted. Like we don't even see ourselves that way. And then we begin to think, oh my goodness, what did I do? And we have guilt. And, um, and sometimes we take on, oh, it's, you know, my, my child is addicted because of my trauma. I did this to him. And it's just really powerful on how, you know, it stops us from, from growing into and building up this kingdom. Right. So I love that. I love that you share um, you and I share the same passion. So I, I look for um, maybe us to do even more work in this space together. I don't know how yet, but I'll just pray about it. That's what I keep doing. Um, you, you say this about yourself. Um, you're a craver of quiet and a cheerleader at heart. And I said, I'm totally, totally stealing that because, um, but how, how do you find if you're a craver of quiet, do you plan those moments in your life? How do you find that? I do. I'm intentional about it. 
you know, um, I think I need to be, I mean, because all of us, right, we have life and life happens. And, um, and so I want to make sure that I have those quiet spaces because I desire, I, I need them. So, um, you know, I have to, I love people. I love people and that fills me up, but after, I also though need my quiet spaces and I need that quiet time. So I'm real intentional in the morning. Like first thing I'm up before everybody else in my household. Um, even when I don't want to, I'm dragging my butt out of bed, you know, <laughs> because I need to, I need that quiet space. So I have that. And then throughout the day, you know, when you have those little pockets, I consider those little gifts where I get 10 or 15 minutes, you know, you know, I, I love parent pickup. I actually never minded parent pickup. I, I love going to see my kids at the end of the day. I love that. But I also love that 10 minutes of silence. Like I turned my car off. I turned my, you know, I just do those kind of moments where it's like, oh, it's quiet. I love it. <laughs> so, oh, so you actually turn everything off in those moments. Good girl. Most of the time. I can't say I honestly always do, but most of the time. Now, when I am intentional in the morning, if I don't turn my phone off, like in my quiet space, mm -hmm. then I'll lose time, right? Like time is a, time is a something, it's an asset for us. So I will lose time quickly if I don't, if I'm not proactive and like, wait, I'm using this thing as an alarm right now, or I'm using it as a flashlight because it's so dark in here, you know, wow. but I'm not using it for anything else. It's a tool. Um, yeah. So craver quiet. I love that part. Um, cheerleader at heart. I was, I was, I've been a cheerleader. I went as a cheerleader in middle school through high school. Oh, sorry. So I literally was, um, a cheerleader, but that was something that encouraging part of my heart that I just, um, in young adulthood did not think that I wanted that anymore. Like, Oh, it felt so raggedy and like, um, and I, I had been cast in that role in high school and I thought, Oh, it's just because of my personality, you know? Um, so I think it was as I started to, um, just to, you know, understand that that's who I am. And it was just like, no, I can actually go back to loving, encouraging others. And I just love that. I love finding the pot of gold in somebody's story. Um, and I think, you know, I think we're created that way to see the hope. Um, and, and the, so encouraging, I, it's who I like it. It's who I am. <laughs> you know, I, I used to think I, my mom was always encouraging um, in my life and I would watch her with other people, encourage them in their giftedness. She would notice it. It was almost like a sixth sense, you know, it's almost intuitive how she would notice that. And as I aged, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm good at that too. And I used to think, well, everybody's an encourager. No, they're not. And here you are, you already know that about yourself. Um, and, and it's so good because sometimes people try to think um, that they have to be gifted in these huge areas, right? But it's, it's simple. And sometimes if we just ask our friends and loved ones, we will find, you know what, you are such a good encourager. And, and we'll think, well, what, what can you do with that? Big deal, <laughs> you know? But um, you could do a lot with that, just, just in that. Um, but I want to just talk about how you find quiet. Um, and for moms who are listening to, you know, find that space for you because it can be so powerful. Last night, we were talking to an author who found a lot of quiet time to write and to journal. Mm -hmm. And I used to go to those pickup lines for my kids. And I used to go like a half an hour early just with my journal so I could you know, right. And that's how a lot of my books were birthed. I mean, that's just where they became. Um, but I, I have a funny story and, and then we'll get on with our interview because this was hilarious. Sometimes I couldn't find that quiet, right? So one day, I think it was in the dead of winter, I drove to like an empty parking lot in our city. And I turned, it, it was it was dark, it was early in the morning. So it was dark when I got there, but I just worked and worked. It was day daylight right away and worked and worked an hour or two. And I went to go home and my car wouldn't start <laughs> because I had forgot to turn my lights off. 
So here I was sitting with my quiet time. It was amazing. Like I got so much done, right? And I'm sitting in this parking lot all by myself. I can't even imagine the people that drove by and saw my lights on and saw me sitting there like, what is she doing? But I had to call my husband at work for a jump. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, that's just a funny story. And, um, you know, I think, like you said, it's it's so important, though, to, to find those moments of silence. And um, I could totally relate to, to that. But we don't always intentionally do that. So um, thank you for sharing that. So you use the term joy journey. You say this, you, that you work with women on their joy journey as they work toward intentional healing. This is what I want you know, for my moms of addicted loved ones. So can you give them tips on how you go about helping them find that? Or uh, can you share a few of those with us today? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it, um, if we're looking at the complete joy journey, I think it is really becoming who she is. Um, I think one of the things you mentioned early on, and I actually love that you kind of gave this example, even in yourself, right? Like you're a great example for these women to look to of someone who could have stayed, remained stuck, but mm -hmm. didn't like you are becoming all that. And, you know, and I love that, you know, you are out there pursuing things and age is not a factor. Like you are taking on those fears. And I think that's part of it, right? Not if we want to, <laughs> it's not been easy. Oh, I, and I agree, right? It, risk isn't easy, right? Whether it's a Zoom, then doing that for the first time, or it's it's anything where you're actually kind of out of your comfort zone. So when we begin, um, there's a couple things. I think first, initially, when I talk to people about kind of their journey and what we hope for, for them to become, we start with healing. Um, because generally, we all have some hurts, right, that we need to, be, to have addressed. Um, and because of that, because I believe that um, and you, you had mentioned that previously, like if you break your arm, what are you going to do? You're going to go get help, right? You're going to go to the ER. You're going to seek medical, you know, medical help with our hearts. So often we don't, you know, I mean, if you would ask us, you know, our hearts are breaking. I imagine there's quite a few moms probably watching us today whose hearts have been broken for their children, which absolutely makes sense that they would, your hearts would break. Um, but whether they are small heart or hurts or large heart hurts, um, it, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know, they're still hurts and we need those to be healed. So that is the initial place where I begin is the healing. Um, and that's where I like to start. Let's, let's start on that. And then, then we look to the next step and, um, but healing is where we always want to start and begin, um, I believe, because that's where we need to be healed up. And that's not meaning that we can't continue to run the race, but to help moms not feel stuck. And I think that's like in, in an addicted situation, you know, when you have a child of addiction, I really think what, what you were saying earlier is that, you know, mom's focus becomes, parents' focus becomes about them, about the child, right? That's where all the focus goes. That's where all the energy goes. That's where a lot of the money goes. That's where a lot of, you know, the attention all goes, which all makes sense, right? But then you have this woman or parent, you know, a man or woman who's almost dying inside because they are not being, their needs are not being addressed or they're not becoming who they've been created to be. Not that we're not called to love and to serve our children. And there's a space and a time for all of that, but it becomes almost consuming if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is when you talk to moms, I mean, so many moms believe that they're maternal, that's who they are, that's who they need to be. And when you talk about you know, a situation, and I'll say, my goodness, that was trauma. Mm -hmm. She thinks of her hurts as minor, right? She doesn't think that the minor hurts are any big deal, but they are, and they haven't been validated. They haven't been, um, you know, talked about and talked through. Even um, sometimes, you know, I've seen my son on the bathroom floor totally unconscious and didn't know if, you know, if I was supposed to, what I was supposed to do. I mean, at the time he was just a teenager, but you know, it, it, and there's so many other times where I hear moms, you know, my son walked in the door and he said, hi mom. And then he just slumped over. 
Mm. And he couldn't look at me or, you know, and it's like, wait, how do you process that? That's drama. So, you know, we're we're all hurt um, in different ways. But I, so I love that you start, start with that healing part of the journey, because until they can overcome that, they really can't find joy. They get stuck. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't think we have to stay there forever, right? And that's the hope that I always want to bring for people is that like, it doesn't have to last forever. But again, I think it's just the attention all goes there, which again, it, it, in some ways it needs to, but it's not permanent. Like we have, we don't want to forget that you're still a person and those hurts still are real. And that's, you know, their hurts may be, you know, if we're putting them on a scale, maybe they weigh more. That really doesn't matter though. They're still hurts, right? And those are the things that we wanna make sure that we're actually being intentional to heal. And um, and then we can move on. And, and you know, and we don't have to, like I said, it's not forever. We don't stay there forever. We actually just start to incorporate other things like becoming who they want to be. Like, who do they actually wanna become? And it doesn't matter whether you're 16 or 61, you're still becoming our, and I love that word because we're all becoming, we're all in different stages. So we start to break that down. Um, and then we move into messages, like what message do you hear about yourself? Um, and, you know, which helps us, right? Because you may be believing things that are really true and you might believe, believe in a lie. And that's generally what we find as we start to kind of, you know, churn that up, cultivate that ground is we find that, you know, a lot of messages that people believe aren't true about themselves. And especially in, with the moms you help, I would imagine there'd be quite a few lies. So how, do you, how do you get them to talk about that lie or to discover the lie? Um, I think we generally, we just start talking about those messages. What do you hear about yourself? An easy one for, for the group this, um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead two seconds, I'm sorry, but um, an, an easy example would be to ask yourself, what message did you hear about yourself in 2020? Um, you know, 2020 was a huge year. And so I know I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but that is, that's something that people can look at. And then what did you really hear about yourself? You know, um, for me, it was like, I, I, I heard that I could pivot and I didn't know I could pivot and change. And, you know, I, I, I didn't know. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to be all negative. Some of the things, messages we hear are good, you know, um, but that's, that's, a, that's an example of what you could do mm-hmm. to find out what messages am I believing about myself? What a great idea. Yeah. I, I do find that questions always asking the right questions can really help. Yeah. I think we have to be very intentional to ask questions. You know, sometimes it's easy to go in with our own objectives and it's like, ah, oh, man, I need to ask better questions, be an investigator. Yeah. Curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 2020 was difficult with COVID. Um, how are you coping? Like you said, you became, your word was you became pivotal and, um, what helped you that might also help somebody listening today? Like what helped you cope with so much change? I mean, for, I I know your story isn't the same as theirs in that they're, their sons and daughters can't find uh, support treatments, right? Or, you know, live, real um, places to go for support meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have had to pivot. So how have you coped and how might that help? Um, for me, prayer is huge, right? I, I come from a, a faith perspective. So prayer is my first go-to Um when anything is worrying me or frustrating me or bothering me. So prayer would be the first thing. Um, And then being intentional with relationships. You know, 2020 was a year of quarantine. It was a year, a lot of isolation for people. Um, I think if you can keep in mind that isolation is a red flag. So if you find yourself in a situation where you are isolating yourself, that hopefully um, becomes um, like a red flag for you. Like, wait a minute this is not, I'm not my healthiest when I'm isolating myself. And that's different than that craver of quiet, right? That is a pursuit of like wanting to be recharged. Um, Isolating is I'm hiding from something. I don't, you know, it's, it's different. There's a difference there. 
Well, and I have heard, you know, moms who I used to run a local support group in person. And since everything's been kind of shut down, I kept inviting them into the Zoom calls. Oh, I hate those things, you know, and that's what they would say. And so finally, I thought, you know what, I bet they have a fear of it like I did. So just yesterday, I created this um, a couple videos on Zoom um, and shared my screen and showed them how I go to YouTube and search for stuff. And then I, I shared some videos of how to learn about Zoom. And so I had one mom respond and say, oh my goodness, this helped me so much. And so sometimes I think that you know, we say we don't want to be isolated, but we're also, oh, we're afraid of change. And um, we don't want to maybe look silly or look like we don't know something. Um, but it's just moving past that fear and saying it, we're worth it. Like we just have, to, I have to do this because I need to see a human being. <laughs> oh, right. And how do you conquer fear? I mean, if you want to eliminate fear, you actually have to do what you're fearful of, you know, if it's, if it's like a situation like that, you know, how do you conquer fear? You actually go through it. And that's what you did, which is amazing. Oh, so, yeah. I'm giving, yeah. I'm giving my first webinar on Saturday. So um, that'll be another first for me. And I've just learned that, you know, you, I, I'm not perfect and nobody's really expecting me to be perfect, but what helps me the most is that I don't do it for me. I'm doing it for somebody else. And when I take my, when I try anyway, to take my ego out of it, um, I be, I begin to give myself grace. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So I don't, I'm not so worried about, um, making an idiot out of myself because I'm doing it for the right reason. And, and I'll, I'll pick up wherever I end up and do the best I can. So, um, Yes. I'm right there with you. Exactly. I'm, yes, exactly. Because I, I love that. Like you're not, it's not, you're not in it for you. It's for those around you and um, that need it. And um, I love that. Yeah. I did have, if you don't care, I had one other, I like suggested yeah, um, was there were a couple things that were helpful to me and, and um, because relationships are so important and we saw such a decline in relationships, I think being intentional with your relationships was during 2020 really helped me. So it was calling a friend if I needed to, like going back instead of just texting a friend, which I'm really a lot better at, it was being intentional to call. And, and I have a friend who would make phone dates with me because we couldn't see each other. And so she would make phone dates with me and I'm like, oh but it is so good for me. And I was so valued that. So those things were, you know, maybe we don't feel like we have time. You know, I never walked away from there and thought that was a waste of time. And no, it's like, every time I did that, it was like, this fills me up. This fills my cup. I just have so much joy from spending time with her. And it's just one of those little things or, um, you know, 2020 was fun in some ways, you know, it changed for all of us. Like we were around each other so much more. So we find, we found ways to have fun. Like for our family, we had cooking days with mom every Friday. Like, so one kid would cook with me. And so we have like, you know, we had pictures of that. So it made, you know, there was fun stuff in it. Um, did they get to decide what to do? They did. And I mean, with some restriction, cause my guys would eat very, very, um, well, they'd eat expensive, large. <laughs> so, 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 so they had, they had some guidelines, but yeah, for the most part, they got to pick and, um, and that was fine. And, and yet and I say all these trying to make it a little bit more joyful, but, um, you know, the hard things in 2020, um, if I'm honest, my husband took a pay cut and, you know, there's, so there's still hard places in 2020. And, and as a believer, like, man, did that ever just like, that was hard, even um, like, what in the world are we going to do? Um, and can I talk believer for a minute? Like, okay. So I had gone through um, when we a few years back had built a home um, it was a huge stretch for us financially. And I, I was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Um, and I had gotten into Deuteronomy. I felt very led to read the book of Deuteronomy. And as I was reading it, 
um, I realized that the main theme in Deuteronomy is God will provide. So at the top of every single page of Deuteronomy from that point on, once I figured that out, I wrote, God will provide, God will provide, God will provide. And um, that was a few years ago when 2020 rolled around and my husband takes this pay cut and I'm like, you know, on my knees before the Lord going, Lord, how are we going to make this hat work? And um, he just, you know, he provides whether it's in, you know, a lamb or he provides it's what we need. Um, and, and he did, and he just took me right back to those scriptures in Deuteronomy and just, I did flip over my Bible and all those pages of God will provide. And I needed one every single day, God, you will provide, you know? And I think that's, it's not just financial, right? Like, although we all have, we have financial needs, I think, um, you know, it's so much more than that. We need our needs met, whether they're emotional or spiritual or physical, you know, that, um, that is my source. So if I'm looking at my 2020, my, my faith perspective, my faith is where my needs were met. Um, and, and again, with the help of other people who you love, you just want to, you know, pour into them and have them pour into you, um, and not isolating. And, and like, yeah, I was on my face praying a lot during 2020 as I think probably a lot of us are. Yeah. Oh, those are great, great tips. And, um, I was sharing with my granddaughter last night um, how when our son and daughter-in-law were just in such a bad way um, in the throes of some heavy addiction, I just would worry. And, you know, I saw my doctor and she's like, you know, this is really not good for your body. Like you're going to, this is how disease happens, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to get a grip. So I used to go, cause I, I wasn't raised understanding the Bible. So, but you know, here's me, I'm like, but there's Google. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, how, how hard can that be? So I would go to Google and I would type in Bible verses for hope mm-hmm. or Bible verses for mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Or, and I would just pick a word, right? And I would, you know, you start looking those up and you're like, good grief. He uses the word fear. I don't know. I think the other day or something you said over 300 times or something in the Bible, it's, is it the, the second most prevalent word in the Bible fear? I don't, I don't remember. It probably is. I mean, I know it. I've always heard there's one verse for every day of the year. So I would think Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, when I was talking to my granddaughter yesterday, she wants to, you know, just spend five minutes in the word every day. I said, how are you going to do that? Can I make a suggestion? Because (laughs) this worked for me and I don't know if she'll do it or not. It's okay if she doesn't, but at least I gave her another suggestion, but um, it's, it's quick. It's easy, especially if, if you're on your computer a lot, like I am, Um, And you just get so frustrated or you realize, hey, I haven't had any quiet time or I need rest time or what does that look like? How am I intentionally going to add that? Um, And even if you're in a place where you don't have a Bible, you know, you've got your phone so you can look up verses there too. And there's so many different apps. I have have a lot of apps um, with meditations and devotionals and things like that too that that help in the spur of the moment. So um, that can definitely help. So- I, I do that all the time too, Michelle. I do. Like I, I might know a part of a verse, but I might not remember all of it. So I'm Googling it. I do it all the time, all the time. So. Wow. Yep. Well, I don't do it all the time. Well, <laughs> I don't well, do it enough. <laughs> I, I just mean I work with other people, you know, so we're constantly looking for um, some truths, right? Like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that we do with people when we find a lie, we want to find a truth. So, you know, um, a lot of times we base truths on various different things, but, um, for, for those who come from a faith base, we look towards a scripture, like let's find a scripture that can be a truth. So, so yeah, that's why I'm Googling stuff all the time. Like I can remember in part sometimes I'm like, okay, I know there's this, but let's look it up. And yeah. I, I met this coach um, a couple of weeks ago and she said before she meets her clients, she tells them that she spends the half hour preceding their meeting in the word to for a sense of calm, but 
for for like Godwinks to help her um, better serve the person in their mentoring session. And I was like, wow, that was really, I really, uh, because, you know, we can just be so busy all the time, but for her to actually take that quiet before and intentionally do that, I don't think she has a lot of clients because I don't know how she could do all that. Yeah. But anyway, I just thought that was, that was beautiful too. Um, I know, so I read on your website. Okay, so your website is, hang on, let me see. Oh, I don't, is it bloom, blueroompublications.com? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Blue Room, like the color, blueroompublications.com, and I'll share it um, on, on this feed and also in the show notes for the podcast. But um, I, I saw that you have written a book. Yes, so I have um, a downloadable free ebook, um, and it's on. Um, it, its title is "Healing pa- Healing Prayer for Emotional Wounds." So it's mm. it, it is just that. It's it's very short and sweet, but um, it just gets to the point of like um, taking. What it does is it takes apart Psalm one forty seven three. And um, that verse talks about how the Lord will bind and heal our broken hearts. He'll bind up and heal our wounds. And, and so within it, I just give some suggestions on how to do that. And at the conclusion, how I would pray it. Um, but then looking forward, like how often do we just keep going on? Like we talked about earlier, how often do we go on when we have little hurts and we just do nothing about them. We ignore them. And so talking to people about like, you know, if, if you had, um, again, if you have broken, a broken hand or a broken bone, you're not going to ignore that. You're going to go get help. And even with those small wounds, we need those to heal because otherwise they become larger when they're ignored. So um, one of the examples I've given that um, is a slinky. Um, do you remember the old toy slinkies? Yeah. yeah. Mine always got tangled up before I ever got to you. <laughs> but but um, so, you know, if, if you had a slinky and our emotions are like slinkies, if we compress those slinkies, those are a spring, right? If we compress them and compress them or compress them, if we compress our hurts and we don't do anything about them and ignore them and ignore them, they just get pushed down. Well, eventually, if you let go of that slinky, what's going to happen. It's going to go everywhere, right? Like it's going to explode and go everywhere. And that is what can happen over time. If we don't get healed up, if we just continue to ignore it, those, those holes, those, those hurts become like pits, you know, they just. That's such a great visual. I love it. The slinky. So going back, you said Psalms 147, three. And What's the, so how, how does, how do people find your free um, ebook? Do they go to a certain website? Can you say that again? Yes. If you go to my website, on my website, there is, um, there oh, is one of the tabs. Blueroompublications.com. Yes. Okay. Go to that one. Okay. Yep. You go there at Blue Room Publications. So blue, like the color, room publications.com. That is where you can find my downloadable free ebook, or you can also go on either of my profiles at Instagram or, um, or at Facebook. And both of those also have links to the, um, to the book on those. Okay. Okay. So at your website, will there be like a little drop down that says, okay. Yeah. It should and- say book. And you also give free 20 minute discovery sessions, which is where I first met you because I was looking for somebody and I was looking for somebody for my granddaughter because, you know, um, I'm, I, I just think it's healthy. And I, I like when kids think there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist, you know, you have your, your physical health and your mental health and your emotional health, and we should be be there should be no shame with you know taking care of that too so um well and and I think too Michelle like the one thing that I always think of is um again coming from that faith perspective but the Lord refers to himself as a wonderful counselor Mm. Um, and and why does he do that well I mean to me I think because we all need some counsel we all need a little bit sometimes and that doesn't mean that even I don't seek that out I think we all at some point seek out you know counsel and so 
you know, whether you come from a faith perspective or not, I think we all can use a little, um, just a little place to, you know, for you, it's just a vent, right? Like I just need a place where I can just purge some of this. For others, it, it, for others, it's like, I need a space where I can heal up and become who I'm created to be. So it's, it's just that, you know, place where a safe place where you can be. And uh, that's what I love about it. It's just where you can be and hopefully be recharged to go out and do your thing. Yeah. So it's so important. So moms, if you're listening to this, you could always um, get a free 20 minute session uh, with Rebecca and see if that's something, if she's somebody you would like to work with on your healing too. Um, I did have one more question here, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's like loaded. It's such a big question. What would your advice be for a mom who has extreme anxiety and fear that her child will die of an overdose. So one of the questions I ask moms when they first come into the group, I wanna make sure that they wanna be there. So are you the mom of an addicted loved one? But I also ask them, what is your greatest fear? Mm. And 99% of them say, you know, I'm worried my child would die of an overdose or be incarcerated for life or never know Jesus before, or, you know, take them into their heart before. I mean, those are prevalent answers. So, um, I know that's a loaded question, but what, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's loaded, um, but um, I'm going to pray really quick. Lord, just give me wisdom over my words and give your heart and just black out anything else in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the reason I'm praying is because part of my story is, um, and Michelle, I don't know that you are aware of this, but my brother actually... Um, um, died about 15 years ago, um, from a drunk driving accident. And I love my brother so much, uh, but he was the drunk driver. Um, so, um, I, in, I cannot relate as a parent, but I can relate being, um, a part of that. Um, and so when I read that question, I was like, all right, Lord, <laughs> do I, what do I share? Um, you know, uh, it has been a journey and watching my parents, my parents have been incredible. Um, the first year was of course awful and extremely hard. Um, I, you know, watching them even not have a struggle to get out of bed. Um, that was amazing that they were able to um, because it was so hard for them. Um, sorry, so sorry. How old was he? He was 23 okay. at the time. Um, or 20, 22 or 23. I'm sorry, I might have that wrong, um, but I know it was 15 years ago. Um, so he was the youngest of all of us. Um, and um, yeah, so I just share that, I think, because I can relate to watching what that was like and being, you know, having that in my family and understanding um, some of that. Um, and then watching, yeah, like watching my parents put life back together after that and how hard that was. Um, but, you know, let me say this, um, it, it, and I can go there to the places where it still hurts, you know, like it doesn't, it, it you know. Um, it never goes away. It's no, because you love someone, right? And it was, it was a very, uh, it was a short life, but we're so grateful that he had life. Um, but, you know, I did watch my parents, my mom started, and my dad, they started talking to other people, other people who needed to hear their story and to know that, um, you know, how they had gotten through kind of like what you have done. Um, they did a very small scale just to, to friends, to people in their community. And um, they became kind of that support for people and, and so proud of my parents for that. And, um, and watching them, you know, it was extremely hard and, um, yeah, just so hard. You pray, we prayed nonstop for them to heal because their hearts were so broken. Ours were too, but it was so much for yeah, them. For a parent. Yeah. And, and I think part of healing, um, at least for my journey, um, I started on this journey before our son and daughter-in-law were in recovery. So I started on this journey is kind of in a curious space. Um, like, just wanting to learn and understand where they were like, cause I just couldn't understand it, but I wanted to. And, um, eventually it just gave me, it helped me to be able to 
share what I was learning on my journey, maybe like with your parents and it's, we're grieving for the loss of dreams, even though they're still alive, we're, we're still grieving for the loss of dreams we had for our children. So um, I think that it's, it's interesting how sometimes in our recovery, and I tell moms this, is we can get to the, to the other side where our recovery means um, there's, there's, where there is pain, there is purpose. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. That's where I have felt God calling me in to say, take this pain, make it a purpose so you can help others who are in the same situation. So maybe your parents did the same thing type of thing, did they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it took, it's taken um, a long time, right? Like, and, and, you know, and those dates are still very memorable and, oh, um, sure. you know, and, and, you know, definitely part of our journey now, but yeah, it has become part of their healing has been to comfort, you know, um, there's a scripture that says those who who've been comforted will then comfort others, you know, and, and um, yeah, I think that's exactly what my parents have done, which I'm, again, I'm very proud of them and watching that happen um, as a whole for those who have anxiety, um, they do have a couple of suggestions, but I felt like I can't, I can't just talk about that and not let you know, like, I know what that's like on the real level um, and can relate to that. And in a, in a different way, in a sibling way, but, um, you know, definitely impact on my family. Um, as far as in, in general, if we just generalize anxiety um, and give some quick, easy tips that everybody could apply, um, exhaling is one of the most critical things that you can do. Research will support the fact that when you exhale, oxygen actually gets to your brain. So if we all just did one deep breath and exhale deep, you know, oxygen is able to get to our brain, which then allows us to do what? to think. So, <laughs> which is critical when you're in like a spiral of anxiety, right? Like we need right. to think. So exhaling is important. It's vital. Um, I think the second thing would be self-awareness. Self-awareness is key. If we're going to look for healing and anything that we're struggling with, self-awareness is really important. Um, and what I mean by that is when you get in a trap of anxiety, if you notice, like when you finally figure out, oh, wait, I'm, I'm all fearful, I'm all worried, I'm all this, I'm all that, then, then, you know, kick your butt out of there, you know, it's time, you know, that's becoming self-aware as self-aware where we're like, oh, realizing what we're doing, because so often we, you know, just go through the motions and we don't realize consciously what all we are doing. So um, self-awareness becomes really important. And then I think third is you got to get that pain out because the anxiety creates pain. Um, and, and for me, I think one of the best ways to do that is to write it, to journal, to draw for those who are artistic, something to express yourself because otherwise you're holding it in and what we want to do is get it out, express it out. And we don't want to get it out in anger or in frustration, right? Because, and you might be angry and you might be frustrated, but we want to find healthy outlets, healthy ways to express that. Yeah. Um, and, and you need a place to, for it to go. Otherwise it just remains there. So um, those are my, those are my suggestions. Um, and that's where I would start. I love it. So for anxiety, breathe. And then self-awareness and find something to get the pain out, to let the pain out. Those three crucial things. So important. Yeah. And that awesome. final one, I would just to make sure people know, like it needs to be healthy, <laughs> a healthy way to right. get it. Yes. Exercise even could, you could also add exercise, but I really feel like something about pen to paper, um, you know, it's uh, physiological. Yeah. And it's, so we're actually doing something physiological still, and yet it is pouring out of your soul. Um, and again, as a believer, I think, you know, we could pray about any of and all of that. And of course, hope to as well. You know what? You just gave me a really good idea for the membership group. Oh. So maybe what we'll do is like one night a month, just show up together and journal together. And I'll give some prompts and... Um, we'll do like little 15 minute writings. And if people want to share, that might be something really helpful yeah. and healing. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you thought of it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was all you, but, <laughs> oh, but 
Yeah, that's a great, somebody told me once that um, they started a group, a membership group where people just come in and write and mm -hmm. they hold these, you know, time sessions, but people actually pay for the membership to come in and just do that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Sit your butt in the chair and turn your <laughs> alarm on and do it. Like, why do you need to show up in a group? But you know what? It's accountability. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's putting it on the schedule and showing up and uh, going through the motions and actually doing it and saying, hey, I did it. So you know, sometimes that discipline is so needed. You know? Yeah, for, for some more than others, I think. Well, this has been great. I didn't, I have, I don't know how to, if moms, if you're here and you are commenting below, I hope you are. And if not, they will watch it later. I am not good at looking at comments and um, at the same time as I'm on here because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I, mean, I think I need like another monitor setup or something and I'm just not going to do that yet. So yet. <laughs> so anyway, but um, thank you so much, Rebecca. And, and again, um, I will leave in the show notes uh, if you want to contact Rebecca, if you want to download her free ebook or schedule a 20 minute session. Um, I hope to have her back again. We love it when people come and, and teach a little something like your anxiety tips, just stuff like that, that can, that we can focus intentionally on. Um, and so do you have any party, do you have any parting words or anything you want to say to wrap up? Mm, I, I would just, well, Hey, can I pray for their healing? Can I do that in parting? Oh. Okay, so I just, I, hang on. I actually have some comments. Uh, I love this. It was so good. Um, so anyway, I, I, won't, I won't look at it right now, but I think that people are just very help, uh, thankful that you are with us today. So go ahead and um, pray, or is that what you were going to do? Sorry, I got it. Okay. If you're okay with that, I'd love to just close out real quick and we'll pray over people. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, I just thank you for this time. God, I just ask for your heart for the women hearing this. Lord, wherever there are hurts, we just pray that you would bind those and heal them. Every broken spot, Lord, every broken heart. God, I pray that shame would be far and joy would return. God, that these women would become, parents would become who you've created them to be. Thank you, Jesus, for these women beautiful servants. I pray that you remind them well done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you too.